Hello, everyone. Welcome back into yet another edition of Pigskin Junkies. Myself, Michael this Larson. Is, Go ahead. This Jared. is the first edition of uh, of the new format, though. The recap. Yeah. So the, re- the recap edition. So first we'll edition recap. Trying to compact our show into a 15-minute recap of what happened last week before we come out with the picks. That'll come on Wednesday. Um, Maybe so Thursday. Can, yeah, whatever. Middle of the week, late middle of the week. Um, when you guys get ready to start firing in your bets, it'll yeah. be on SoundCloud. Yeah. Jeez. Don't worry. <laughs> iTunes is just really starting to irk me. Um, yeah. We'll figure it I out. I told eventually. you, dude, it's like Kim Jong Il with that shit. They, they can't. They can't. Can't figure it out. They won't let you on there. Yeah. It's a, nope. Can't figure out the logo, but that doesn't matter. But anyway, that's my brother Jared Larson. Uh, you know us, so. Uh, so far right now we're watching the – there's 17 seconds left, 11 seconds, excuse me, left in the first half between Tennessee and Georgia Tech. And right now if the score stands – You're ahead of me. I'm, I I have, I'm streaming. You have cable. Uh, yeah. Uh, if this uh, stands – 41 seconds. If this stands, I go undefeated in our picks for this week. 6-0 and white hot. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, either way, 5-1 and one doesn't suck either. No, no, it does not. Um, making moves, making money. I'm not five and one. What am I? Two and three? Like so. Two yeah. and four? Desperately needing one, this. Two, two and three. Yeah, I'm two and three. Because you're five and oh. Jared needs this one to get to five hundred. I mean Indiana was horse shit. Yeah, that stunk for you. But uh sadly I went to bed in the third quarter. I was like, Yeah, this is good. I think it was there Indiana had just scored to go up, what was it, twenty one twenty with like seven or eight minutes left in the third, and I'm like, Okay. I'm going to bed. And then I woke up. I woke up to feed my son at like 2 in the morning, and I was like, I got to check what's the score. And I'm like, what the? Like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, you know, the fire like kept me awake for way longer than I should have been at 1.30 in the morning. But, uh, yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. Was I, brutal run. It was about two, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they were on the 10-yard line up by 20. And I was like, please punch it in. Please punch it in. Please punch it in. Um, so they, they, did. they scored, and I, went, I just shut the iPad off and zonked. And uh, woke up for work the next morning in about four hours. So that was fun. Um, Out cold. Yeah. Um, overall, though, so yeah, Jared, with that, so I took the win in that one. What were the other head-to-heads that we had where we were both? I had BYU. I had LSU Which, and BYU didn't get saw, past a fifty. I don't know. Maybe this is too soon, but did you see in the super like Advocare paid? I'm sure millions of dollars. So in the center of the field in the Superdome, it said Advocare Texas Bowl with a big logo of the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, uh, isn't this game in Louisiana? But I'm, like the like I said, I'm sure Advocare was like, look, we paid ten million bucks. You're putting that shit on the field. Yeah, put get it out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if it's in Houston or not. That's what this game is. Yeah, so that one. Yeah, then and the last time, you know, the irony of that is the last time BYU was, or excuse me, LSU played in that building, they didn't make it past the fifty, and now BYU yeah, exactly. doesn't make it past the fifty. So that's that's ironic, um, Jared. And then the Gators, which was just, I mean, steamy hot garbage. Yeah, that was new. Uh, new Year, same Gators. Unfortunately, uh, last time the Gators lost a season opener was September 9th, nineteen eighty nine. 
Fun fact. Uh, when's the last time they left Gainesville? Oh, long time. Same time? Mm-hmm. So I, I think they said 30 years. Yeah. Might even been since 89. That would be close. Uh, I also um, saw this, this stat online as well, and I thought this was interesting. Um, in 28 games, uh, 25% of Gator football games under this staff, the offense has failed to score 10 points. Dude, like, they, it's so bad. I was joking with uh, some buddies of mine. I was Because <laughs> I was like, oh, the back door's still open. The back door's still open. But I was like, but Michigan has to get the ball back because that's the only way Florida's going to score is on another defensive touchdown. Like, just putrid. I mean, how – how an offense can be that inept for two straight seasons, yeah. like, just blows my mind. Like, the uh, talent that they have on that team and just nothing. Yeah. Uh, take away all the non-Power 5 games, and Florida has Florida's offense has scored 10 or more points in only 16 of its 23 games. Uh, and then there, here's another statistic that I thought was interesting. So, since 2010, so since Tim Tebow left, Games with sweet baby, sweet little baby Jesus. Games with greater than two hundred and fifty yards of offense, or excuse me, games with fewer than two hundred fifty yards of offense. Florida has twenty-two. The only Power That's Five awful. team, the only Power Five team with more, is Wake Forest with twenty-seven. So and, yeah, and Wake Forest. Yeah, and the average recruiting class. Rosters. Exactly, average yeah. recruiting class. So the the next closest team is Kentucky. They averaged the 38th best class in the country, along with Maryland. Maryland had 17 games, and Kentucky had 19 games with less than 250 yards of offense since 2010. So, yeah, I always, Dusty Baker used to always say this thing about baseball where it's like round ball, round bat. So you're going to win 60 games, you're going to lose 60 games, and then the 42 in the middle kind of tells the story of how good you are or are not. Mm -hmm. And I feel kind of the same way about like college football, like over the course of four quarters, you're going to get 200 yards offense just simply from running (laughs) out there. You should time after time after time. Like, you know what I mean? And outside of these like cupcakes versus the big timers where they're, they're getting 118 yards offense, like you're going to get production. So the fact that they're having under 250, to me, just says you're completely inept. Like, you're basically just showing up. Yeah. It, so, very disappointing performance, I think, for Florida. And it wasn't like Michigan played out of their mind either. It was no, just, uh, very beatable. Yeah. So, that was, score. A, that was a tough – exactly. And <laughs> It's like when Auburn offenses used to be awful. I'm like, you can't win if you don't score points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And – um and so then that brings us as well to a quick recap of the FSU-Bama game. FSU's defense is beyond legit, and so is Alabama's defense. And yeah. just the, the difference in that game was special teams. I mean, the FSU punter just – I mean, yeah. I think Bama's starting field position was the 48-yard line, average starting field position. Yeah, Florida State's, Florida State's defense is a real deal. Yeah. Um, can't say that much about the offense, and and now of course it's going to get even worse. Mm-hmm. What was up with DeAndre Francois' hair? Yeah, what was what was going on there? Coming out of the helmet? I don't know. It like, was weird. yeah, that, wouldn't that hurt? I feel like it would hurt to like push that the helmet down on that thing, but whatever. Uh, yeah, he. So now 
we're not going to get to solve the uh, proven unproven debate because he's going to be on the sidelines. Yeah, the teller tendon repair next year. Yeah, <laughs> we have to wait till next year. Fire that one. That take back up again and see what everyone thinks. Yeah, and um, so what did I say? Three touchdowns. They won twenty four seven. I think so. Yeah. So uh, I mean, pretty close. Bama, Bama lost a lot of linebackers though. Yeah, but and I was, deep, but they're gonna have they're gonna have some young guys playing, which yeah, okay, and bit. and they got Rashawn Evans. I mean, they have enough. It doesn't matter. It's who's the next five star that's gonna come in and get ready for you know going. Yeah, to the NFL. No, I, no, no, no. I, I agree, but I, and, and not to say like that five stars can't play, but I feel like especially in that scheme of a defense, you have a kid that's eighteen years old, has a lot of talent, but might be in over his head, even if he's a five star. Just because there's so much going on and, and yeah. that position is so important, so I mean I don't know. It, maybe they don't get down that far in the depth chart. Maybe they got someone else that can come in that's been in the program for a couple of years. But I do. Some five I mean, been riding pine for. Yeah, I mean, and that's like I said. That, I'm not worried about that. I just think if they get down into freshmen, whether it be redshirt or true, that that does pose a problem. Ooh. Check out this top headline here. I'm reading on ESPN. Week two bets. Jump on UCF bandwagon. And yeah, I did I saw last that. week. I read that, that was, uh, I mean, granted, they look good, dude. It's not like FIU's the greatest team in the world, but to beat a team like that is. They're going to score. Something. Yeah, exactly. They're going to score. They're going to score, which is, it's going to keep them in games. And they're not, I mean, yeah, UCF's not going to go 10 and 2, but uh, they'll score games and they'll, at a minimum, be entertaining, fun to watch. So speaking of fun to watch, I love having Gus Johnson back on college football on Fox. Yeah, yeah. he is the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of, of Fox and FS1, um, I'm, I'm gonna because this is my answer, and I'm sure it might be yours as well. A the expected and unexpected of Week One team that might have surprised you, uh, and a team that would have underwhelmed you, or you were disappointed in their performance. Which one do you want me to start with? Whichever comes to your head first. Uh, I'm going to start with surprise, upside, or or play better, and I'm going to say Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. I was on USC. I laid the 28. I thought they were just going to beat the brakes off them. I mean, you had P.J. Fleck leaves there. They got a bunch of kids leave there. Their best players are drafted. Uh, and I believe they hired an XFL coach. Or like the only, the guy's only head coaching experience was when was in the XFL. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what the you know, what's going on with this program? Um, they flew out there, dude, and they were with them the whole game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were with them into the fourth quarter. I think USC got a pick six and wound up winning by like 16 or something like that. So that game was even a lot closer than what the the final score even indicated. Yeah, it was. So I'm gonna say Western Michigan. Okay, and then. Disappointment. Florida. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's, <laughs> I don't even need to say anything. It's like I, <laughs> as I said on many times on the podcast before, I was high on them. I thought Zaire or Franks was going to be the answer at quarterback. Neither of them are, um, which leads me to think it's a coaching thing because it's like you can't. Not, not this many quarterbacks are awful. Like, since since McElwain's been there, how many quarterbacks they had? Eight? <laughs> like, you can't 
the chances of you picking someone that sucks that bad to play quarterback eight times in a row at a school like Florida is is very well, small. They had Will Greer, but they told him to leave. Well, yeah, we've we've covered that. Like they have to. There's there's no choice. Well, right, in that. But, but I'm saying that's that's a quarterback who could have played. So I feel like that's okay. Different. So so one out of eight. Like uh-huh. think of all the major programs that recruit like Florida does that have had eight quarterbacks in a row that have been that shitty. Minnesota. No, not Minnesota, sorry. I, saw, I saw PJ Fleck on the TV. Um, all uh, right. No, we had Cam Newton. Eight quarterbacks ago? Not even. He well, we, like played, we, played, we played five quarterbacks in the Clemson game last year, so. Yeah, that doesn't, no. That doesn't <laughs> count. I'm saying like season to season. I don't think, I just don't understand how they can't have a quarterback on the roster. Frazier, Mosley, what... Trotter. Nick Marshall. I would say Nick Marshall was good. Right. Good college quarterback. I, yeah. But like. Yes, yeah, so you had one bad, you had two bad years in there with Frazier, Trotter, Mosley. Three guys. Then like, okay, we got Nick Marshall. Then Jeremy. And then Jeremy was a dumpster fire, but I would say Sean White is competent. Yeah. Stidham, based on this game, looks competent. Like, these, like I said, they're not moving the ball at all. Right, like Zaire's like stat line was awful, <laughs> and it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like it's so bad. I don't know how, how you can have a team that everyone knows that they need a quarterback and kids don't want to go play there that aren't like half decent. Yeah, and then we're coming up here on. Uh, we're gonna be wrapping up shortly, but I gotta ask: How on God's green earth and Kevin Sumlin get back on a flight? How did he not get Lane Kiffin? Oh boy, yeah, I don't know. I was watching that game, and <laughs> even I, I actually I went to bed in the fourth quarter, and I was watching the uh, Virginia Tech game on my iPad, and I just clicked on over on ESPN. I saw the score. I was like, oh boy, it was <laughs> it was forty four thirty eight with like four minutes left, and I'm like, this this is not going to end well because it's one of those things where like, and I know they their quarterback got hurt. I forgot his name. But the quarterback gets hurt, and then you're just trying to squeeze out a win, and that, that never – I've seen that end <laughs> so many times where it's just like you're trying to just get out of dodge. Yeah, survive. Uh, and it never it never happens. And they get – I mean, and UCLA's not like a slouch team either. That's the other thing. I mean, if they get the ball back with a guy like Josh Rosen, like their chances are pretty good that they're going to be able to score. And it's it was just – yeah, you see the train like barreling towards the cliff, and you just <laughs> feel bad. So I mean, I, I think the contract is why they're not gonna let him go. They still they can't. It's, people overlook that constantly. Like the guy would be owed like fourteen million dollars to leave. Yeah, and I and I know you have oil money and you have boosters and you have all these things in Texas and Texas A and M and yada yada. Like that's a lot of money, dude. Fourteen million dollars to pay someone to leave. And then you got to think about okay, now I got to hire somebody. So I'm going to go and I'm going to commit. I mean, one, who the hell is available week one? Nobody. Two, that means when this when the off season comes, I'm going to have to pay someone a lot of money to come and coach my team. So I'm going to have some like interim guy, like the D coordinator, who's going to just step in, and then the base at that point the season is lost because you've already given up on the team. I think that's why. I know the Regent guy came out and said they should fire him, and I don't get his all. I actually saw a Kirk Herbstreit tweet about that today. 
where he was like, show some class, you're a regent. I'm like, who cares? Like, you're not offending anybody. You can have an opinion just because you're on the board at, at a university doesn't mean you can't say you should fire the coach. Right. Um, I, I would wait till the end of the year. But, but you know, uh, he, he's not he's not hurting anybody's feelings coming out and saying that. It's right. Texas. I mean, it, it, it's it's a huge – well, Texas A&M, I shouldn't say that even like that because then they'll get offended. But he's he's been on the hot seat for so long. I mean – if they yeah. start cold, I could see it. If they, I mean, if they start, because the the funny thing with him is they've always started white hot. Mm-hmm. So it's like the greatest thing, and then he backs into it, and then they're like, okay, we'll keep him for another year. I think if they start poorly, and you know, and as we most of us anticipate, end even more poorly, then he'll definitely be gone like week seven or week eight. Yeah, so Texas A&M's gone eight and five the last three years, and for those of you who don't remember, last year were eight and zero at one point, uh, looking to get in on the college football playoff in last the five game last five games of the season. Uh, someone yeah. has two years Number left on his four in the first ranking, in right. the first uh, week. Someone has two years left remaining on his five million dollar contract, or he gets paid five million annually. So two years left. So maybe it's ten million. Yeah. Maybe that was last year's number. Yeah, and so. Hopefully they don't fire him before they play us. Yeah. Because so, that, and, like, always happens. The, the, the coordinator's first game is always a win. Mm-hmm. And uh, overreaction of the, of the season so far, Josh Rosen, all su- Josh Rosen all of a sudden getting love again after last year. Everyone was talking about what a disappointment he was and blah, 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 blah. Although I will say passing for 292 yards and four scores – in the last 15 minutes of a football game, it was pretty impressive. But Well, yeah, but that's because they're not – I mean, how many times – I'd be interested to see how many times they ran in that time frame. Right, right. Like, if because if, if the reality is if Texas A&M's up 30, they're playing some pretty soft defense. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, the, guy, the guy's obviously talented, so it's not like he's not going to be able to execute on wide-open receivers, and that's, to my understanding, what he was hitting pretty much. Yep, and then quick yes or no, Jared, and then we're signing off. If Georgia Tech wins this game, does does Butch Jones get back on the plane to Knoxville, or does he get Lane Kiffin? Yes or no? No. no way. <laughs> hey, You'll be 6-0 and at that point, though. There's not going to be a lot of happy people at Rocky Top if Micah is making you money this evening. So. <laughs> These you, these people are going to be waiting with bated breath to get your picks later this yeah, week. Yeah, and they're free, folks. They are passing free. out the candy. Although yeah. Trey Clavis, Trey uh, Clay Trey. Travis was was hot. Did Trey. I just go Trey. dyslexic there? <laughs> Trey Clavis. That's what <laughs> That's we're referring a, to him as now. <laughs> that was a full dyslexia move, right there. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't even have any podcast juice. Yeah. I got the old. Uh, I got the old life insurance exam in the morning, so no booze. Just water, <laughs> straight water. I can't even have like anything fun to eat for dinner. It's just uh, like no coffee, nothing. coffee, straight to bed. Yep. Alrighty. Well, I'm gonna go be an adult here and pay a red ticket light violation. That's Jared's gotta go take care of his kid, and we're gonna watch the rest of this football game. We will talk to you guys here soon. Make sure to talk to Mr. Calvert tomorrow morning. See how he feels about that Texas A&M game. <laughs> we'll see you next, or we'll see you later this week, junkies. Stay safe, and remember to always bet whatever I tell you to and not Jerry.
All right. <laughs> See ya. <ya. laughs>